Today we reviewed the made-for-TV movie Between the Darkness and the Dawn from 1985. A 17-year-old girl lapses into a coma and wakes up 20 years later. Welcome to Torture Vision. She killed it. She killed it. Oh my god. Oh my god. I need for her to kill it. Oh, I, I, I just wanted it to be quiet. It was, it was a baby. She, she smothered her own baby. You son of a bitch. Why did you make me remember that? Hello, my name is Anthony Dinar, and this is my co-host, Brandon Hayes. Hello. This movie has the actress Elizabeth Montgomery in the film. She's uh, probably most known for the Bewitched TV series. And um, just want to say, like, if anybody's interested and, like, all you wanted to get out of this interview, or, I mean, this podcast was, uh, um, like, where to fast forward to the good part. Um, <laughs> what if you're Mr. Skin? <laughs> That's what you're going for. In right? in honor of uh, a good service that Mr. Skin does provide, um, there's a nip slip about 54 minutes into the film. 54 minutes, 37 seconds. <laughs> I think that's how he he does everything. <laughs> um, yeah, it's probably thought, already on the website. Yeah, probably. <laughs> but I just thought that was kind of funny. It's like it's a made-for TV movie, and like. You get two little like slips of areola there <laughs> of her uh, of her like left breast or something. It was funny, but anyway. So yeah, between the darkness and the dawn, the title I don't really care for. It doesn't tell you anything about the movie, um, but it's about uh, this daughter um, who gets this disease or parasite. What what is it? It says uh, encephalitis. It's yeah. like where, like, uh, brain tissue scars or tissue around the brain scars something. It puts her into a coma. Yeah, in, in a state-like coma. Like, she's, she's like a vegetable. Like, mom has to feed her and, like, coax her into chewing and stuff. Yeah, she also, yeah, the mother says, like, chew, chew. And she's kind of, looks like she's chewing on her own free will. Sort of. I don't know. It, it's really weird. So, like, it's not really a coma, but apparently this is, like, a real thing um, that, like, people can get. Uh, I I like the the scene, like, right before she she gets sick. She's in a car, like, on, um, on the hill or something like that where all, like, the high school kids would go to make out with, like, their dates and stuff. Right. It's, like, 1964, and then she falls into the coma and wakes up in 1984. Yeah, so 20 years. But before right. she goes into, like, the coma state... Um, She's she's kissing this boy, uh, David, and uh, and then the next day she passes out in school, and then that's when like this thing really strikes. Like if if I was watching this movie with my mom, <laughs> she totally would try to use this as a scare tactic, <laughs> like calling it some like vicious disease, like STD or something. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I was wondering what that was, like how you get it. I don't I don't know, like what what if it's probably just like a genetic thing that uh she just happened to have like something fucked up with her body and like even her relatives don't have this like she just got you know the short end of the stick there yeah i would imagine it's quite rare yeah um but uh yeah so she's she's in a coma for 20 years that's a long long time 
um, little kids, like, it, the story's so well known that little kids come up, and it's Halloween, actually. When the, when the movie opens, like, 20 years later, she's been in a coma for 20 years, now she's uh, 37 years old, her mother is feeding her, and uh, it's Halloween night. Yeah. And her mother has dressed her up like a clown, put clown makeup <laughs> all over her, which was just, I don't know, it seemed really awful yeah yeah it was, it was it was almost offensive it it was very distasteful i don't know but um but anyways so like kids would knock on the doorbell and say trick or treat they're like we want to see the zombie <laughs> referring like, to elizabeth montgomery <laughs> yeah you go back just a, a couple seconds uh, <laughs> you said knock on the doorbell <laughs> oh <laughs> kids would knock on the doorbell <laughs> Those bastard kids. <laughs> We're not professional so or anything they on either, this show. No, obviously. We, so they either knock on the door or ring the doorbell and for for candy, as you know, children are wont to do on Halloween. And when the mother answers the door, the kids say, "Can we see the zombie?" And the mother kind of laughs it off sort of but But you can tell that she's upset by the way the kids are and kids are assholes like that that's totally believable but um just because we brought this up jumping way to the end of the movie (laughs) uh when when abigail wakes up from her coma and she's trying to adjust to life uh she answers the door and uh these just asshole kids are there again it's not halloween it's just a regular day and these kids are like, hey, can we see the zombie? And um, it, and I know what the scene was meant to be. It's like this transition where she's like, no, the zombie doesn't live here anymore. Like, I'm going to move on with my life. I'm going to make something of myself. Like, it was supposed to be empowering or whatever, and she wasn't affected by what the kids said. Right. Um, uh, but it, it, what I thought is when, when she answers the door and the kids are like, can I see the zombie? Or can we see the zombie? She... I, I would think, if I were her, um, has mother been showing children in the neighborhood? <laughs> like, every time they're like, hey, can we see the zombie? Here's a quarter. Here's a nickel or whatever. Hey, it like, costs money to like, raise like, this like she's comatose. Sort of like, circus freak show. Like, <laughs> have you been showing me to the children? Uh, it just seemed very weird. <laughs> That's what I would have thought, too. Like, you son of a bitch. Like, you've been... You've been selling tickets to the public. Yeah. <laughs> Elizabeth's name is is Abby in this show, by the way. Um, when the mom dresses Abby up as a clown, like that didn't last very long. It was just like a short throwaway scene. Um, at the end of the film, they they decide to roll the credits, showing you that fucking clown scene. <laughs> right. It, it, the whole movie is is about Abigail trying to overcome. Uh, just having this awful thing happen to her. She's trying to readjust to life. Um, she, I guess we're just like giving everything away here from the <laughs> beginning, doing this absolutely backwards. But yeah, she uh, she went to school. She learned how to adjust, learned how to live in modern life. And she's all proud that she did this. It's a great accomplishment. She holds up her uh, her high school diploma. She's ready to go to college now. She's so proud of herself. And then credits roll and we see her at her absolute worst <laughs> in a coma dressed like a clown <laughs> it was so awful like oh whatever i, I would, i'd be mad at my mom if she did that <laughs> yeah 
<laughs> but but like and perhaps uh, Abby was upset that she was dressed up as a clown too because that was the night where um, like she does her first like <laughs> noises <laughs> and so uh, the mom's like oh like she's coming out of the coma and like they have the worst like negative doctor every time like that doctor was in a scene he was always really negative and I understand like the doctor doesn't want to say, hey, okay, you could do this and she'll be totally fine. Because then when she's not fine, like, then you're going to blame the doctor. So the doctor's not going to be overly positive. But fuck, man, every scene, he was just an asshole. Was like, he was probably in your mind. <laughs> you probably just imagined it. <laughs> and and during this scene, like, the mother is trying to tell people that the, it, the mother has, you know, Abigail has a sister um, named Ellen. She's my favorite character. By yeah, the way. Absolutely. <laughs> we'll get more into that later. But uh, so Abigail has a sister named Ellen. The mother they just call Mama all the time. Her name was Beryl, but I'd never even once heard that name no, me mentioned. Neither. They just called her Mama. And so this family, uh, as as Abby is uh, coming to life every once in a while, making noises or something, the mother is trying to te- tell uh, Ellen. And the doctor, like, look, the, she is making noises. She's, like, you know, facial movements, things like this. Like, she, she's trying to uh, break out of the coma, and no one really believes her. And it kind of reminded me of, um, you ever see the Warner Brothers cartoon with the dancing frog? Yes. Where, yeah, the, the guy, only the one guy sees the frog dance and sing, but no one else gets to see it. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. For the longest time, we're just watching... Uh, Watching only the mother catch these glimpses of, of life. Progress, yeah. yeah. And it was just really frustrating for the first, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes of the film. Yeah, and to the point where mom gets so angry, she's like, she's screaming at the, the, the vegetable daughter. She's like, what the hell do you want me to do? I'm tired, like, tired of taking care of her, you know? She's all pissed off. And, like, she tries to get her out of the wheelchair and put her in the bed. And if she's a complete you know invalid like she could have like uh like caregivers or whatever that would be appointed by the state because like social security is gonna pay for this like it's a it's a full-on disability a hundred percent and uh and yet like mom's taking care of her the whole time making extra cash selling tickets to the (laughs) the neighborhood children um that she gets all mad she because she like hurts herself as she's trying to move her daughter and like i understand like mom's really old like she's I don't know, probably like 65, 70, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's hard on her to, like, pick up dead weight, you know, and put it in the bed. So, like, she, in pain, she just kind of, like, lashes out at, at her daughter, and her daughter doesn't know, you know, so, like, it's not that bad. But as soon as she's done, like, it's like screaming, I'm tired! Like, she goes, we should perm your hair. <laughs> Let's do a totally frivolous extra work thing on me and perm your hair. Maybe this is why you're so tired. <laughs> yeah, because you're doing a bunch of nonsense like that. But then we get to see um, Ellen, the sister, for the first time, really. And uh, this, like we said, is it our favorite character. Absolutely. She's absolutely down. horrible. She makes the she... whole movie like enjoyable to watch. She sits down next to Abigail and says... Um, basically, if you're not going to wake up, then just die. <laughs> We're tired of dealing with you. Everyone's like, 
Jesus Christ, why, why do you like this character? <laughs> well, because it was just funny how over the top she was. Yeah. Just angry for no reason. Yeah. It's like... Because you're not the one taking care of exactly. her, Ellen. Your mother's doing all that. You're at home. You barely interact with your comatose sister. Yeah. So what are you so angry about? Yeah, what are you complaining about? Like, you're giving... Like, okay... As sad as it is, Mom has a purpose now in life because, you know, her husband's dead and, um, and like, she's just all alone. All she has is taking care of her vegetable daughter. So, like, the sister has no right to complain about this. This is stupid. It's not like Mom's going to do anything else. Like, you know, I always wanted to be you know, a scientist or something, and I couldn't be one because I had to take care of you, you vegetable. Like, <laughs> like that never happened. Mom would still be knitting and crocheting in the corner whether or not she had, like, a vegetable daughter to take care of. Meanwhile, we should at this point say that um, Abigail, when she was 17, she was dating a football guy uh, named David. Right. And um, when she went to the coma, uh, David hung out with her in the uh, hospital for a short while, but then eventually started to fall in love with Ellen, the sister. Well, wait, wait. Mom says, like, he he stayed around for a really long time. He came by every day, like, after you were out of the hospital and, like, held your hand and played you records and, you know, whatever. And, um... And, like, he, he waited forever to the point where he started to fall in love with the sister. And um, and they got married three years after the, uh, coma. the coma. So, like... So that's maybe, like, a year of waiting bedside. If that. And then, yeah, and then, what, like, six months of getting to know the girl, uh, Ellen, and befriend her, and then it gets romantic, and then... Like, at what point, like, you would say, like, they propose and then they've got a year before they actually get married, maybe? Yeah. Or is that long? Like that. I, don't know. I don't know. But, it, yeah, three years is, is kind of a short time to make that transition. But that happens. If, I mean, there are kids. It feels like forever. But it was just weird to hear mom say that. Okay. So, so Ellen and David get, uh, get married and they have a son. And so then Whose when, name is Matthew, by the way. Right. So then when uh, Abigail comes out of her coma, you know, she she's, doesn't really realize that time has passed. She's like a 17-year-old mentally, and she's still in love with David. She comes out of the coma because mom says, like, I want to start these drugs. And, of course, the negative fucking doctor. He's like, you probably won't do anything, but I'll, I'll give it to you. <laughs> I'll write a prescription for El Dopo or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> and... Uh, and then, like, she'll, she starly, you know, slowly gets better. And, uh, and yeah, so now she's out of a coma and go. Right. And then, um, so now, now uh, Ellen is upset that uh, Abigail is awake. Because she's like, <laughs> now that she's awake, she's probably going to steal my husband away from me. My husband's all I've got. Because <laughs> they loved each other and... And yeah, she was a total bitch. I <laughs> I loved every scene that she was in. She just complained about nonstop nonsense. Like if I took notes on everything she said, like I would have pages. But everything she said was golden. Like there was a scene <laughs> where uh, where Abigail and the rest of the family they're all sitting together and having dinner for the first time as a family, and um, and Ellen 
Yeah, she's so disgusted by the fact that everyone's conversing and having a good, good time, time. <laughs> that she's she's got to excuse herself and she goes into the kitchen. Fucking so, bitch. So the mother follows Ellen into the kitchen and Ellen gives this speech where she's like, she basically says like, Abigail had everything. <laughs> I was always jealous of her because she always had everything and I had nothing. Like, yeah, she, she had a coma. And she was... It, for a twenty-year coma, you're you're jealous of that? <laughs> Are you serious? You have mental problems. <laughs> maybe it does run in the family. Just the sister had it a little worse, or something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> oh man! So like, after after like they, she starts to like walk around. And she's like doing things. She can. Yeah, we should just real quick uh, touch on this. Um, even though she's been bedridden basically for 20 years, she can still her muscles haven't atrophied. She can still walk around, which she is used, amazing. Yeah, I she, don't believe that one bit. Right, she needs to use a cane, but she can get around with a a, a small cane. And uh, for like, she's been awake for maybe three, four days or something, and then she just she just disappears. Like she just wanders off one day to go experience the world like go check things out but mom is outside gardening what wouldn't the mom be keeping an eye on her 24 7 you would you would think so but okay like let's say for whatever reason she leaves her alone in the house like when elizabeth uh montgomery comes out abigail abigail comes out of the house she um she just like walks past mom gardening gets on the sidewalk and starts walking to school mom doesn't do anything like Okay, maybe they got to a point where they've established she's safe to be in the home. You know, like, I'm still here, but she is still kind of alone. Like, she doesn't even try to, like, stop her from walking down the street. And right. and she makes it all the way to school, and then she starts, like, arguing with one of the students. Like, this is my locker! I've had this for three years, or whatever. <laughs> Which is kind of funny, because I guess, like, you would go to the most familiar places, but... I don't know. I, I wake up out of a coma after 20 years. The last thing I ever want to see is school. I wake up out of bed one night. The last thing I want to see is school. Yeah. <laughs> but and then, and she's, then, she's then escorted home, basically. Uh, by one of the teachers. It's not really developed very well, but yeah, she's she's dropped off. By She meets the gym teacher. And, and then like they get like reunited, because that's one of the same teachers that was teaching there when she was going to school there 20 years ago. Like, the guy didn't, like, advance at all in life. He's still just, you know... Well, maybe that's what he wanted. Well, no, actually, I take that back. He does have this uh, explanation where he says, like, that's not really what he wanted in life. Yeah, yeah. It's like, because Abby says she wants to be a teacher or something. He's like, oh, that will pass. (laughs) (laughs) But... So, like, uh, she gets back home, and Mom's like, oh, I was worried about you. I didn't know where you went, and yada, yada, yada. And, like, a like, couple scenes later, she ends up wandering away again somewhere. Like, Mom does a really bad job. Like, she can handle the vegetable comatose daughter. Just can't handle her when she's, like, mobile. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, the, the first uh, unsupervised excursion went so well. Like, the, the second one, you're, oh, it's going to be another train wreck again. Um, she's having a, Abigail's having a very hard time adjusting to life and, you know, understandably so. Uh, she goes to, uh, 
a friend's uh, party eventually. Yeah. Just to try and reestablish old ties. It was almost old like friends a, from high school. It was almost like a high school reunion party, but they never said that. Yeah. There was but, just lots of people she knew. Apparently, like, nobody moves on in this small town or something. Well, it's not even a small town. They're in New York. Are they? Yeah, because you saw the Twin Towers, like, oh, in the yeah, background. Yeah. Or was that the previous thing we watched? I think no, that might th- have been Manimal. Was... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, this was, this was. Uh, I think it was in New York. If not, it really doesn't matter. Like, all all you fuckers can leave comments <laughs> saying that we're wrong, but we don't care. You thought, <laughs> you thought Manimal was boring. This could have used a shape-shifting man <laughs> to, to make it more entertaining. But, um, yeah, so she goes to, uh, to this party, and... You know, surprise, surprise, she doesn't uh, interact well with people from the past. They've grown up and moved on, and and she hasn't grown up, but... um, Is she still, like, 17? Yeah, mentally, she's still 17, but just think about that. Going to um, anyone you knew in high school, you haven't been in a coma. You know how the world works. Like, uh, going back and meeting someone from high school... You probably wouldn't get along with them now, and you haven't even had the culture shock of missing 20 years. Yeah. Like, people just change that much. Yeah, exactly. But she's surprised that people have changed so much, and uh, and and the other people are surprised, too. Like, oh, my God, she's nothing like I remember or whatever. Like, they, <laughs> everyone has a hard time with this. Yeah. So she starts talking to the kids. Like yeah, she... she goes upstairs and starts talking to the kids, and the kids are having a slumber party, uh, and they hate uh abigail they're like oh my god she's this old person's trying to talk to us (laughs) and abigail is like is talking to the kids trying to relate to them because mentally she's the same age so she's like oh we used to you know i used to know so and so and she used to do this and that telling the most boring stories if you want to relate with the kids how about say you know, your mother and I used to smoke pot behind the bleachers. Or, like, or this one time, your mother stole a bottle of alcohol, and we, you know, yeah, I'm sure she has stories like that. And the kids probably would have loved that. Yeah, they would have. Yeah, absolutely. So, so I, I can't blame the coma. I gotta blame Abigail for not telling the right <laughs> stories. She was just boring, and yeah, the kids, rightfully so. Yeah, she was. Didn't like, like her company. I wrote that down in my notes, like, like saying, like she should have. Instead of, okay, when she first came out of the coma, I'm getting ahead of myself, she dressed like she was on the cast of the Golden Girls, <laughs> which made sense because mom's, like, super old, right? But, like, once she, like, snapped out of it and, like, was, like, her own person again, the 17-year-old, you know, back in the day, like, she should have, like, dressed like a teenager, and it would have been, like, super inappropriate to dress that way, but, like, she doesn't know that. Um, she still, like, should have been, like, wanting to smoke pot and, like, drinking alcohol or something, and, like, they had to, like, reel her in and say, like, no, you can't do that. Like, well, alcohol may- is maybe... really bad. You could, like, go back into a coma or something. Like, yeah, maybe she wasn't like that when she was a teenager. Maybe, yeah, maybe she was, she was really like... conservative. Yeah. But but you say, like, uh, her, her clothing, um, it's understandable that she would be dressing like an old woman because we had established when we talked about it when we were watching the film... Um, Maybe she's just wearing the mother's clothing. Right. Because now she's the same size, so, yeah, she would be wearing old woman's clothing. But um, part of the problem, though, is that 80s clothing, 
uh, for women of that age, uh, 37, it was Still just terrible. It yeah. just, so when she has these moments where she's, she goes and buys some age-appropriate clothing and, and her boyfriend uh, says, like, oh, yeah, that looks great. It still looks hideous because yeah. it's 80s clothing. Yeah, which brings me to, like, one of my most, like, disturbing thoughts on Oh, this introducing film. the boyfriend? Yeah, so, like, the boyfriend that she gets is the uh, the old school gym teacher. And how they start that relationship out is, like, she went to go visit the school, and um, she's sitting on the bleachers watching, like, the kids run track or something like that. Uh, she's watching... Um, her old boyfriend's son, so David's son's Matthew, um, is running on track, and like she likes Matthew because Matthew looks just like um, her her boyfriend that she remembers. You know, she keeps quoting it as yesterday, even though like several days have passed. She still says yesterday. Years days. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yesterday was twenty years ago, but whatever. So, like, it would have been in- interesting to see her try to like bone the. Uh, uh, the son of David and, and her sister. That would have been funny. Well, they weren't going for comedy or <laughs> anything. They, this I was mean, trying to be a serious drama. She really did think that he was David, though. I mean, they could have played it out just a little bit further. And yeah, it would have they been didn't funny. want to take it there because they were trying to okay. avoid the creepy factor. We don't want to. Yeah, we want to avoid the creepy factor. Yeah. We won't want to be gross. Okay, so then explain to me why <laughs> the gym teacher says to her like because. Um, Abby's like, do you remember me? Like, really? Like, do you honestly remember me? Or are you just saying that? And he's like, no, I remember you. It you was... were cute. You were the cute one. <laughs> well, we could dissect a lot of that conversation. He oh, says, and we will. <laughs> he goes, he says, uh, I, do you, she says, do you remember me? And he says, yes, I remember you. And right away, you can hit the pause button and say, of, of course he remembers you. You were major news in this town or wherever we are like it you was... still are it's it's national news i would assume yeah it's crazy that you you woke from this coma but even still like uh when you went into the coma it was major news around this school yeah so yeah of course i remember you who wouldn't yeah. but then then he has to make it creepy by saying uh yeah i used to think you were cute whoa and... all of a sudden like if if I had a scale, like the Geiger scale or something like that, Geiger counter, but for, like, creepy pedophilia... <laughs> pedo counter. <laughs> pedo counter. It's already way off the charts. It's... Like, he said it wearing these short shorts where, like, if he sat down wrong, his ball sack could be hanging out of well, the shorts. It was Again, that's, that's the way shorts were in the 80s, unfortunately. <laughs> but, yeah, so he says, um, yeah, like, I, I used to think you were cute. And I can't remember what her response was. It was something like, did you really? Uh, like, so why didn't you say anything? Basically, oh, yeah, yeah. Is what she said, and, and he goes, well, because, you know, the law prevented me. Yeah. So it's like, now I've got to wonder. Like, yeah, I mean, obvi- I don't even have to wonder. Like, obviously, he's admitting that, like, every time he sees a girl at school, he's like, oh, man, that's a cute girl. I would totally bone her if yeah. I could, if, but it's if, illegal. Damn laws. <laughs> so, like, this guy, he is, like, mentally, he is a chomo, and he works at the school. Granted, he hasn't broken any laws, but that's still really creepy. And she starts dating him, which I thought was strange, because, like, like you said, like, you don't want the creep factor in this film. Like, the guy who wrote this, like, had to been thinking, like, oh, like, how can I write a story to make it where I could legally date a 17-year-old? Because that's what he does. Like, mentally, she's 17. 
So right. like the gym teacher, like he's he finally gets to date one of his own students. Like so like that's all hot like for him right now. Like he loves that. And then like later on, like he finally gets to legally fuck a seventeen year old. It was it was the <laughs> right. creepiest like dialogue part of the story ever. Which which brings up a whole kind of conversation. I'm not sure if we want to go there, but I'll I'll just pose it. We don't have to spend long on it. But um, so the reason we aren't allowed to sleep with children is because they can't mentally make the the choice to do so. Right. They're not adults. Right. So, you can take advantage of them, abuse right, them. Right. It's it's taking advantage of right. a, a, a child. So um, when she's older physically. But mentally, she's not old. Is it still? It's still the same thing. Absolutely, hands down, totally should be illegal. She's right. seventeen mentally because she you... should have to wait a year after the coma, like she <laughs> wakes up from the coma, to be like legally, like mentally eighteen or something. Right, because like we're not protecting against size. No, absolutely we're not. We're protecting yeah. against, uh, you know, like it's it's a whole mental level is why society decided <laughs> it needs to be eighteen and older. <laughs> But like that, that does open up a, a like weird can of worms because like if you got like um, somebody who's like mentally challenged who's never gonna be like over the mental age of eighteen, how do you say like she can't have sex or he can't have sex? Right. So like that's it's in you can't enforce that law. But like it was it was totally creepy and and not necessary to put in the movie. Like no, they needed her to have a love interest. It didn't need to be the coach though. But they the writer did try to say that the coach was a young coach. Like, when he started, he was fresh out of college. Yeah. So he was only a couple years older than, like, when she was 17. Yeah, when she was 17, like, let's say he was 21 or something. Yeah, 23 or something. They tried to establish that. It's still kind of creepy. Yeah, because she's going to school because the gym teacher's like, hey, like, I enrolled you into school, like, so you can get your GED or, no, your high school diploma or whatever because you know, she's uh, got to have something to work towards. Like, don't, you know, even though you're awake, don't act like a vegetable and be stagnant. Like, do something. So she starts going to school. So, like, even if you get aside that that whole, like, morality thing about, like, fucking somebody who's mentally 17, but in reality is, what, like, 35, 40? 37. 37. Um, so, like, if you get that aside, he's still fucking one of the students, which is against, like, like the teacher code, isn't it? Right. <laughs> so, like, the movie's all fucked up and, and, and horrible. Like, unfortunately, like, the sister that I loved so much in the film because she was such a bitch. Every time she was on screen, we were delighted because we knew she was going to say something absolutely inappropriate and terrible. Yeah. She never failed to disappoint the only thing that sucked is, at a certain point, she disappeared. Well, they like make they, up. They and, make up. And yeah. how do they make up? Oh, it's great. I wrote it down. It's okay. so good. <laughs> so, like, like real quick before I say that, like, um, uh, Matthew, which is um, the son of the original love interest, of David. The, of the cunty sister yeah. and David. Um, so he's, like, talking to his dad, David, saying, like, hey, like, you know, where's my jacket? And mom goes, like, hey, it's, uh, it's at the cleaner's. Well, why is it at the cleaners? I need it. I need to give it to, you know, Jennifer tomorrow. It's like, why? Like, why Why do you need to do that? And he's like, come on, didn't you ever give, like, your jacket to your girlfriend or something like that? And, uh, and the fucking bitchy uh, sister, she's like, or, you know, wife in this scenario, um, she's like, yeah, 
Yeah, he gave it to Abby. She's all pissed off and storms out of the room, all all angry. Um, but uh, but yeah, like the the whole like dilemma there and how they hated each other, like just went on and on and on. And and I wish I could tell you every scenario where it happened. It's but... definitely worth watching just for the tension between yeah. Abigail and Ellen. Uh, but, but they solve it by by saying like Abby shows jealousy. And all of a sudden, like, the bitch sister is happy that Abby is jealous of her. And all of a sudden, like, the the, the awesome role that we came to love goes away. Because now, like, she's like, oh, you're jealous of me? Now now we're cool. Like, I feel much better. Now I'm not going to be such a cunty sister. Yeah, she, she basically <laughs> says, like, yeah, I took David. I took the guy you were supposed to be with. I, he's my husband now. <laughs> like well, okay, and then, and then they they um, solidify their little truce once they've got their their problems out of the way. They have a tea party, a little tea party where why they, don't they just drink real tea? No, I mean, they're they, adults. They like, pretend tea. What the fuck was that? That Which was so dumb. Because it's like at the time, right before the coma, Abigail was seventeen. And Ellen was 13, I believe. Yeah. Both of them are way too old to be playing tea Exactly! Party. So trying to rekindle that, it's like, <laughs> are we trying to rekindle when, like, you know, like, we one of us was eight and the other was whatever? Uh, like, it, it just seemed really out of place. It seemed like they, they went back a bit too far. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was really stupid. Yeah. Um, I... I really, really enjoyed watching this train wreck. Um, I hope you guys do, too. Do you have anything else on your notes? No, but we do need to rate this. Um, so, like, I would give it a bad movie rating, <clears throat> which is, it's it's perfect for, you know, our list and, and having it part of, you know, the family here on Torture Vision. Um, it definitely belongs here. It's it's not hard to watch through, like, to get to the end. Like, it's got its slow parts or whatever, but it's a solid bad movie, and I think that's great. Yeah, I think that the problem is uh, just it, once Ellen, the angry sister, disappeared, it did take a nosedive. Yeah. And you, so it does end slowly. But it has but... a trade-off, a nice trade-off, because as soon as the, the bitchy sister goes away, you have that creepy the morality mother... problem yes. with, uh, <laughs> with the chomo gym teacher. Well, uh, okay, yeah, I guess you, you could say that. That wasn't as interesting to me, though, as, um, as the mother. It's like the writer made Ellen, the sister, such a bitch and then realized, oh, my God, now that we've settled that score maybe a bit too early. Who's the bad guy? Who's going to be the bad guy now? Who's going to be the big roadblock for Abigail? And so then they just make the mother the bitch. Just yeah. out of nowhere, she just starts becoming real bitchy. And, and that's funny, but it's not as funny it's as It's not as good as Ellen. Yeah. It's, it's, like, um, it's like a movie where the first one was good, but then the sequel just wasn't as great. <laughs> like the first, Ellen was the first villain. She was great, fantastic, and then the mother just couldn't hold up. Yeah. But Ellen was so good. This is a, my favorite part of the movie. I would say just watch it for that. Even if you give up after that, watching her scenes were fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's why her clip, one of her uh, bits of dialogue, is definitely one of our favorite pieces of dialogue <laughs> what we're gonna play at the end of the yeah, show it's, it's the scene after they get at like they're all having a great time having dinner um it's it's flawlessly you know panning out it's the first time they've had dinner since like the coma has like um gone away and 
and everything should be happy. Everyone should be happy. And that fucking bitch sister, and she's just an awful person. And you know, I hope you enjoy it. Anyways, I hope you enjoy um, this very special clip. You're certainly having a wonderful time. Well, what did you expect? A little sensitivity on her part wouldn't hurt. Yeah. Sometimes she's still 17 years old. Do you remember how you were at that age? No. And now I remember how she was and why I couldn't stand her. David is my husband. She knows that. She had everything. She always had everything. Well, David is mine. Everything. Your sister had everything. Well, if she did, she lost it all. 